text for our message this morning comes from the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians. So I invite you, uh, you have your Bible or an app, or you can read along with us on the screens. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, and I will begin reading at verse 23. Did it stay better, Tristan? There we go. Okay. I never know when the guys back there are doing this, what exactly they mean, but I think we got there. Before coming to this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, We're no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus." If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I want to go back and and read verses 26 through 29 um, with a brief edit, if you would allow me. So in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. For all of us who were baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. If we belong to Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In Christ, we are all children of God through faith. One big happy family. Or maybe one big dysfunctional family. You know, family is one of the the primary images of the church in the New Testament. And... For the most part, we like that image, that we're together, that we support one another, that we encourage one another, that we love one another, that we stand with one another. That's what families do. Mm. Every now and again, families squabble and disagree and hurt one another. And let one another down. I don't know about you, but I find some comfort in knowing that that God understands what family is about. And that even when we're called to be a part of family, that's warts and all, folks. Nancy Hall sent me this meme yesterday that 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 i loved it uh it it had i I think it was a chihuahua some little feisty dog and it was growling and and the caption said mom getting kids ready for church 
And beside it was this cute little chihuahua, a smiling baby, said, Mom at church. <laughs> We've been there. None of us wants to know what went on to get here. There is something about the holy asphalt of the church parking lot that can change the, the craziest rides, you know, to, to puppy dogs and unicorns. And sometimes I'm afraid that we do come to church and think that, that we've got to clean up. You know, it's not just about the clothes that we wear. It's, it's about somehow creating this image, this facade, that everything's all right. When the reality is the person that we're seated next to us, that we're trying to convince that everything is all right, they're on the other side doing the exact same thing. But God calls us to be family. Family in Christ Jesus. We are all children of God through faith. And being baptized in Christ, we have clothed ourselves with Christ. It's part of why the imagery that's so powerful when we baptize is, is, you know, having folks in white, which is an ancient tradition of the church, picturing that newness, that being white as snow, as we take on Christ. Probably just about all of us here have a Braves t-shirt, or a Bulldogs t-shirt, or whatever our favorite team or university or school might be. We put on that shirt and we wear it with pride, identifying with that team. So we put on Christ. We identify with Christ. We want to make sure that we live lives worthy of that name. Another image would be if you go back a couple of months ago to Easter and you take that white hard boiled egg and you dip it in the dye and when you bring it up, it's a different color, it's, it's, it's new, it's different, it's changed and transformed. When we place our faith in God's grace through Jesus Christ, we are new, we are different. And, and it's not just the change that happens in our own lives. Family Systems tells us that, that one person in a family can't change without it affecting everybody else in the family, for better or worse. Paul tells us that because we are one in Christ, there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, Jew nor Greek. The ethnic barriers that so clearly divided culture in their day were to be broken down, that there was neither to be slave nor free. The social and economic barriers that divided people were broken down in Christ. There was neither male, to be male or female. 
the gender barriers that separated society and defined roles would be broken down by faith in Christ. All the distinctions that were used to categorize someone as the other are done away with in Christ. In Christ, we are a part of Abraham's family. We are heirs of all that God promised. We received some sad news this week from my dad's family. Those of you that have been around for a while know that, that over the last 20 some odd years, uh, in the second weekend of July, the Conrads would travel up from Florida and we'd gather at Blue Ridge for a family reunion. Not been able to do it the last two years because of COVID, won't be doing it this year because of COVID. Uh, it's one of those things, sort of like Bible school here, you had to know back in January or February what you were gonna commit to in January and February, just weren't ready for it. But my cousin Cecilia, who sort of spears things up, sent out an email letting us know that uh, due to a number of different circumstances, we won't be having that reunion anymore. And we're grieving that, and even my kids are. Because it was a time for us to come together as the disparate parts of our family to share what we had in common. For my kids to learn about my dad from his cousins, stories of Pop's childhood. For me to hear stories from my dad's brother told from a a slightly different perspective uh, than my, how my dad told them. Just a little bit different. That weekend, it didn't matter if you were a Georgia fan or a Florida fan, or even worse, a Florida State fan. It really didn't matter if you were a Democrat or a Republican. We were family. And all those things made us stronger. In our world today, we are reminded that in Christ, these distinctions that define someone else as other are broken down in Christ. Neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female. That's awfully idealistic, though, isn't it? Because we are still who we are, ethnically. I'll be honest with you, over the last couple of years, I just grate every time I hear the phrase white privilege until I begin to realize, um, well, I may be the poster child for that privilege. We are still who we are ethnically, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't deny our heritage. We are still who we are socially, our experiences, our skills, and our opportunities are varied. That doesn't change. We bring them to the table. We are who we are as God created us in terms of our gender and our identity. It doesn't need to be sacrificed or set aside. This has been a real growth point for me in the last couple of years. I used to say, I don't see color, I see character. And I was, I was right proud of myself. 
Where'd Hyacinth go? I'm going to talk about you for just a minute. I should have warned you earlier. I have, you know, Hyacinth Crooks and I have done life and church together for over 25 years, Hyacinth, if that's possible to imagine. I see Hyacinth as a woman, as a sister in Christ, but to ignore the reality that she is a black woman ignores a part of who she is. It's an important chapter in her story. And hers is a compelling story. Over the years, there, there are chapters, her being an immigrant, a black woman, a daughter, a daughter whose mother and family would drive up from Miami and show up on her doorstep with no notice. A single mother who has survived to be a grandmother, best gig ever. She's a healthcare provider for women living on the margins with at-risk pregnancies. A business owner, another chapter about being an RN, a nurse practitioner, and now a doctor of nursing practice, and, and oh yeah, she's a grandmother. All of these are chapters of her life. And if you meet Hyacinth today, well, it's not the final chapter, but it's the last chapter currently. Now, every, every year I've got three or four novelists that I look forward to having them publish. The problem is when they publish, I sit down and stay up late about three nights and I'm done. And then I have to wait for the next one to come out. What do you think would happen if I just read the first chapter and then the last chapter? Or, no, let, let, let's say, what if I read the first chapter and then I, I read every third chapter? Would I understand how things ended up? Not very well. It's like, well, probably the one advantage, at least for an old man like me, to watching a movie on streaming services is that you can stop it to go to the restroom and then come back and not have to elbow somebody and say, what happened? What happened? Like at a movie theater. All of those are chapters of life. And, and the whole story isn't complete without every chapter being involved. These differences among us shouldn't be ignored. Rather, they should be celebrated. They shouldn't be hidden, but held up and honored. They shouldn't be seen as signs of weakness, but instead as sources of strength for the body. The scandal of the church was that the family the family Paul's talking about included Jews and Gentiles praying side by side. It included say, slaves and masters sharing bread and wine. The family included men and women together in service. Was it messy? You bet. Was it awkward at times? Certainly. Did it take some effort? No doubt. 
Was it worth it? Absolutely. Do you remember the gospel reading from earlier about Jesus being out on the boat with the disciples? I like that image of a boat. If you're in a boat, you really are in it together. You, you know, whatever happens, you're all going to have it happen together. And, and if you look at this motley crew of disciples that Jesus had called together, if it wasn't for the fact that they were, they were together in following Jesus, these guys wouldn't even have liked each other, much less spent time together. But you know what? When you're in a boat, when you're in a boat, you got to work together to get across to the shore. Everybody's got to carry their own load and take responsibility for the group, even when the storms arise. Now, the amazing thing about the disciples is that, you know, in Luke's story, while the storm's raging, what's Jesus doing? Oh, he took a nap. And the disciples wake him up like, Jesus, what is wrong with you? They wake him up, and then when Jesus calms the storm, they're shocked. Why else did they wake him up? What else did they expect him to do? And yet, here we are again today, being surprised when God does what God only can do. The only thing that should surprise us about God's good work in our lives is that we're still surprised by God's good work in our lives. We are family. You know, every Sunday I marvel when I look out at, at this group of people that I love. Because we know that it's being together as a part of this church family. That's what draws us together. We may, some of us are, but we're not all going to be friends who go out to eat or go to a movie or socialize together. We may not work together, but we are drawn together by faith and a common commitment to Christ Jesus. And as that draws us together, you know what? Surprise, surprise, some of us will start eating together. And some of us will start spending life outside of church together. Some of us will sit down at the table up at Bartow Carver Park and share life with one another. Now, we, we Baptists are known for how much we like eating, and, and we do enjoy our food. But most of the time, it's really not about the food. It's about sitting down and sharing life. What's going on? What's happened? What might be happening? And so we share life together as body of Christ. Messy, awkward, hard work. That does sound like family to me. 
sounds a lot like this family. And it's worth it. What, what does this say to the world outside watching us? What does it communicate to the surrounding world? If we can be together in spite of our differences. I think it communicates very clearly the good news that God's love is for everyone. That God's love is for everyone. You can know that if somebody sat outside and put up a lawn chair on Shiloh Road and watched this group get out of their cars and come into this place, they'd be scratching their heads. But you know what? They'd probably see somebody that looked a lot like them. That if they scratched beneath the surface had a lot of life experiences that they've had. And they could see, they could see that God's love is for everybody. They could see the good news that there is a place for everyone in God's family. that there is room at the table in God's family. Young and old, black or white or brown or yellow, lifelong Baptist, new to this tradition. Yes, even gay or straight. There is a place at the table that God has a place for everyone in God's family. That's good news. And there's good news that everyone's gifts and skills and experiences are valued. We've talked about a boat. We've talked about family. Another image that Paul uses a lot in the New Testament for, for the church is a body tells us that just like in the body, there are many parts, and every part is important. The brain really can't say to the hand, eh, you're not necessary. Because if there's not a hand, the brain can send all the messages it wants, uh, but nothing's going to get done. In God's family, in the body of Christ, each of us, whatever our experiences, whatever our skills, whatever our gifts, each of us becomes important. Each of us has something to contribute. And the work of the body is lessened if we're not all making our contribution. You know what it's like to sit and have your foot fall asleep and you get up and you try to walk? A foot that's asleep won't hold up the weight. We need each other in the family. God's love is for everyone, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, 
male or female. There is a place for everyone in God's family, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, and everyone's gifts are valued. Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. And folks, that's good news. Let's pray together. God, how we love you and thank you for your great love for us. God, we we thank you that whatever our story might be, that you welcome us into your story, that you offer us grace and love and forgiveness and peace, that you welcome us into your family, that you give us each a seat at the table, you give us each opportunities to serve. So God, help us to remember today to resist the urge to pigeonhole somebody just because of what we can see. Help us to remember that you change us from the inside out. Help us to celebrate that we are one in Christ. that our oneness is beautifully reflected in our diversity. Help us to live in such a way as your people, that our families, that our neighbors, that our coworkers, that our classmates can see us and see you. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's our belief that when we truly worship God, that when we truly experience God, uh, that some sort of response is called for. I don't think you can encounter the living God and, and not be changed in some way. So I don't know where you have encountered God this week through your personal Bible reading or prayer, maybe a good song on the radio, maybe the smile of a child or the hug of a friend. Maybe this morning as we've offered our worship or studied the Bible. But as you have encountered God, we want to give you opportunity to respond to that experience. That as God leads you towards next steps in your life of faith, maybe first steps in the life of faith, that you would offer the simple response of yes. Yes.